The tech shortage problem is not going to solve itself. That's why it will take organizations like APAC ATI to emerge with solutions that will bring relief for shop owners. APAC ATI is a nonprofit organization that helps veterans, the recovery community, formerly incarcerated persons, and those who need a second chance and a shot at their dream career as a skilled automotive technician. They offer no-cost training and a hand up for anyone willing to do the hard work it takes to learn to repair every vehicle the right way. APAC ATI, educating and empowering skilled labor and making a difference. Learn more about the program or sponsor a new student at APACATI.org. That's A-P-A-C-A-T-I.org. Conversations that are inspiring and educational for leaders in the automotive industry. This is Near Me Radio. Now, here's your host, Ryan Burton. Welcome to Near Me Radio, the ultimate podcast for automotive professionals. I'm your host, Ryan Burton, and today we have an awesome guest, Stan Andruski from Certified Auto Repair. In this episode, we dive deep into Stan's journey and uncover the story behind his passion for the automotive repair industry. From working with his father in auto repair at an early age, to a Matco Tools franchise, to making a difference in the lives of his customers and his community today with Certified Auto Repair. We will discuss it all. Join us as we uncover the secret to Stan's success and gain valuable insights from his remarkable journey in the automotive repair industry. Welcome to Near Me Radio, and welcome, Stan Andruski. Stan, how are you doing today? Doing great, Ryan. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, super excited about uh, being able to be uh, on this with you, uh, watching uh, the growth that you've had uh, and the growth that we've been able to uh, um, really share together. So this is awesome. Yeah, isn't it amazing? We're sharing it together, right? We get to do that, and then we get to do this, and we get to share you more of your knowledge and and your experience with with others, with others in the automotive repair industry, and help them out. So I'm very excited about that today. And I want to join the show. We had a conversation uh, when we were hanging in Franklin a few months ago, and uh, just a few things you said really inspired me to say, I got to get Stan on the show here, man. We got to get him going. So, but let's let's do some sort of housekeeping, right? To start off, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Here you good? Good. Hear me? I know you got so. I know we're we're talking here. Got some stuff going on. We got the family interrupting you. Megan, <laughs> we're doing a we're doing a podcast here. <laughs> Come on, right? It's the, it's the dogs. It's Megan. It's all of it. I, so as soon as we start going, they all show up, yeah. right? It's like yeah, this, UPS guy on the, at the door. It's okay. It we're good. This is life. This is how it goes. My lunch just it's showing. It just showed up now. It's like so. This is how this goes. But dude, this is live. Us talking. We're doing this together. So let's go. First of all, let's do some housekeeping and go back to the beginning. Let's talk about yeah. Stan's journey in auto repair because I think it's good to get a little bit of background. And I know. You started really with your, your dad, right? I mean, he was in the auto business. Tell me about your background. Well, he was. Um, not as much as I had hoped when I was younger. Uh, he started off, uh, you know, pretty pretty humble, pretty poor background. Um, and then he did open up a couple of businesses uh, while I was very young, uh, took over a couple. And then, you know, really just my brothers remembered a lot of it. He was gone at an early age from me, so... 
uh, until the later years, I didn't get to spend a lot of time um, with him. My brothers loved fast cars. Uh, we always loved fast cars. We grew up just, you know, street racing, things like that um, in Boston. I grew up in a, as a kid in Boston and, and we were just racing. Uh, I would be in cars with them before I was uh, before I was really old enough. I was driving <laughs> and just having a good time. And then they would just fix them. They would just start pulling down engines and uh, repairing them and rebuilding them and learning from it. Uh, and then uh, as I get older, I, I moved to Richmond, Virginia. Uh, still loved fast cars, um, you know, did models, matchbox cars when I was younger, uh, all of that. It all started with performance, <clears throat> excuse me, and then ended up uh, getting a Nova, uh, Chevy Nova, 76 Nova. And uh, that was pretty fast when I bought it. And I did Red Hot Rod magazines and uh, all the car craft stuff and started uh, really getting into building engines. And before I knew it, I was building engines, small block Chevys for my friends, Fords, all of it. Uh, and then by 18, um, I had had a job. I applied over at the local Chevrolet dealer. Um, and then within a year and a half, I became master certified with Chevrolet. Um, so that was pretty much the start uh, of my career. I didn't realize um, that uh, at that point that my family, uh, my wife, Megan, ha has done research on our DNA and for years uh, and generations, there were airport mechanics and engineer mechanics and stuff that came over from uh, from overseas. And it's just in you know people working with their hands. It's in fixing things. It's been in my family for a, a long time. Now we talk about the start again. Um, was it more of your stepdad's influence? Because I think actually uh, I may be confusing a few things. Your dad sure. maybe had a little bit of a, an alcoholic background. There's a little bit of a rougher upbringing there, right? So your biological Correct. father, maybe a little different course, and then the stepdad came in. Maybe maybe clarify that a yeah. little bit because maybe I had that a little mixed up. Uh, at sure, the there. and it's okay. It's okay. Um, so yeah, my, my dad did have a drinking problem. Uh, he was an alcoholic most of his life, um, and also had a problem being loyal to my, to my uh, mother and he was abusive while he drank. And so he was not uh, in my early years, the best dad. I do remember good parts. You know, I wasn't completely, uh, there were things when he was sober that he, that he taught us that uh, he sent us to church sometimes still and did things like that. And uh, so, you know, stepdad came in. That's actually who I got the, the Nova from. The Nova was his parents' car. Um, they bought originally from Chevrolet and that's, you know, I got it from him before he, he passed. So I had a few years with him. Um, and he, uh, right after he would take me out, show me how his business ran. He, he had a, uh, a lighting business. He would put up, uh, light poles and, and stadiums. He did RFK stadium. He did, uh, a lot of the, the local high schools around here. Uh, and he would take me out to jobs and just kind of show me what he did and, um, really took me under his wing, super positive guy. Um, and then after a few years of living with him, uh, he ended up committing suicide. So that was pretty, pretty rough, um, wow. to be honest, but he taught me a lot of the things, um, that my dad really wasn't able to do at that time, uh, because of my dad battling alcoholism. And so, um, you know, that was the early years. That's, that's kind of how it went, but you know, he'd come home and take us, my mom and I would go to uh, take us to dinner, would go, would do family vacations, would do stuff that we had never done before that. Um, and of course I have, um, two brothers, uh, and I have three sisters, uh, as well. So we were in, it was, it was rough when we were young. It was rough. 
but cars have always been there. It's just something that no matter what I understood right from the beginning, uh, people had problems. I, I understood things. I didn't know why I understood. I just, I get cars. Always and, have. And you became a master certified tech at a very young age with Chevrolet. When did you start actually working on them and fixing them? I mean, how old, what's your earliest memory? And then talk a little bit about the master certification at a young age. That sounds very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so tinkering was just with, with my brother's cars. And of course, when my dad was around, uh, we moved down to Virginia. Uh, after dad left, he told us he had had his life together. He, he really hadn't. Uh, he had another woman, woman with him and mom and all, all of us moved down there within a few weeks. Uh, mom left. That's where she met my stepdad and uh, my uh, brother. My sister went back to Boston. My other sister uh, wasn't born yet. So it was just, just this big scatter thing. Um, but he would work on cars He'd bring him home He'd work on them on the weekends. Um, and, and I learned some with him there and my brothers mostly. So we started tinkering and, you know, it just, my brother's like here, you know, grab this piston and pull those rings off. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I would just watch him. Uh, and we, we would do that. Um, you know, the lawnmowers, we, my dad would just pull stuff apart. We'd pull the carburetors off when it got clogged up. And we, I just started learning, pulling stuff apart, um, in that backyard. Uh, that's really where it all began. How old were you when you became a master certified technician? Uh, about 19. Wow. And you, were you working at like a Chevrolet dealership at the time at 19? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I moved up very quickly. It was a team system. It was not a system where you could individually uh, get the hours you made. I, I learned how to be very efficient at cars. Once I learned something, I had it um, and I could do it very quickly. Uh, you know, the crazy thing is it's about the only thing in life in my earlier career that I was organized with. I was, I was not the most organized person. I could find things, but if it was a mess to everybody else, um, I had ADD, I didn't realize how to manage it back then. Um, and so, yeah, but what I did learn is when it came to cars, if you gave me 10 tickets and said, these have to be done, um, and, you know, and just gave them to me. I could go. I could just go and get them done very quickly, quicker than most, um, figure them out, go through the process. I could organize that extremely well uh, to perfection, but most other things that I couldn't. Before we started the podcast today, you and I were talking and I was like, we, we got to get recording, man. This is good stuff here already. And I kind of regret that we didn't record because there was something you talked about I really liked and I want to kind of retouch on it again. And I think it has to do with you know your understanding of cars and then also your ability to recognize problems in a room, solve problems, walk in places, be able to, you know, understand things. Do you remember when you were explaining that to me a few minutes ago about yes. that problem solving? Talked about that again, because I think, I think for two reasons. Number one, because we're talking daughter repair shops, automotive professionals, and I want to talk about it from a, a, a point of similarity, maybe to help people that are in the similar situations, but also people that are thinking about getting into the industry, because maybe these are skills that they're walking around going, I don't fit in anywhere. And they're like, they should be in the auto repair business because they have these types of skills. So I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, we were talking about how um, I think you were, you really like uh, you relate easy to technicians and people. It's it's a craft that you respect and, and like. And and we got on the conversation in that that direction. And I just started thinking when you said that, how, you know, there's, I mean, we have space stations and we have technology and we have all these things going on. And and what I what I was saying was, as a technician, one of the cool things about uh, being technicians is we figure things out. You start at a very young age and things just they don't always make sense, but you will 
think outside the box. You'll think, uh, and, and for me, I, I just started seeing things. I understood them. Like I said, if I see a certain taillight design or why a manufacturer did something, to me, it made perfect sense. If they changed something, oh, that makes sense. I know why they did it. And for a lot of technicians, it's like that. But having that ability to um, kind of walk in and diagnose or, or understand a situation. You know, I told you, I, I told Megan, my wife recently, I said, you know, I would love to be able to just go to the store and, and grab a, you know, grab a soda a mile, mile and a half up the road and, and not look at the fact that the light isn't cycling correctly. And that's why it's backed up on the highway or, or, you know, these gas pumps aren't working correctly, or this is broken, or this car has this. I mean, there's so much that you can see. And I told you, uh, I think that technicians, uh, have the ability because of the way we think to literally do do et, excel in any field because now you know i'm doing a lot more than just a technician which you know and we're, i'm sure we'll get into that but i'm doing a lot more um than that these days more than i ever thought I, I would ever be able to do but it's really because i've been able to understand my mind better um and how technicians do we we are very much uh people that can figure things out and that's a huge advantage um just being able to do that auto repair technicians and we'll call it shop owners. We'll just talk about shops and, and, you know, the staff that work in repair shops are amazing. And it sounds like I'm sucking up a little bit, but think about it for a second. Everybody's got a car. Everybody needs a car. They all got to get somewhere. And, you know, whatever they think about their local shop or their opinions, whatever, they absolutely need you guys. And you guys are way more giving and generous than anybody realizes and more skilled than anybody realizes. And yes, there's always jokers in every industry and uh, there's a couple in marketing as well. But anyway, yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> did I say that? I'll, I'll edit that part. No, yeah. but anyway, I'm just joking. I'm kidding. I'm uh -huh. playing with my friends out there, but anyway, yes. but no, but it's, you know, there's, there's jokers out there, but, but for the most part, I mean, amazing people with amazingly, you know, high skills and very caring individuals and very bright and um yeah i mean i think people need to realize that i'm just off on a bit of a tangent with that for a second but but no i, I think that's um you know those are very very uh impactful and powerful skills now um you know you mentioned some of the other endeavors i don't know if we're going to talk about new shops or things like this is that anything that's on the radar enough right now we have obviously certified auto repair we have the the main shop and we met three, four years ago. I can't remember the time frame now. It might not be that long. It might be longer. I don't know. Time is a weird thing. Um, end of 2020. So yeah, okay. end of 2020. How about that? It's I find time weird. Sometimes like Friday seems like nine years ago and I don't know if it makes any sense. Anyway, but we yeah. met that time ago and the shop was, I mean, I, I might be wrong, but if I say 60 or 70,000 a month, that feels like a number that I vaguely remember from that period. But uh, talk about where we are now, where we're going, but I don't want to address something else related to Stan that's that's really interesting that I don't know that's unique to Stan it might be a, a shop owner my shop guy kind of mentality but you said something before we started to a line that I loved and it's how I think but Ryan wouldn't say it or something like I don't I wouldn't come out of me but like we I think we like each other and have a lot in common and we're very similar but you say the things I'm like damn it Stan is like the guy I want to be like I want to be Stan and act like him no. and say these like I'm Ryan and I'm like damn I wish I, w I said that like Stan, but you said something about like, you know, if somebody needed something, you'd help them, you know, you'd give to them if they, but if, if they tried to take something from you, what was the line? <laughs> I forget what the line yeah, was, I but mean, it was well, like powerful. I yeah. loved it. 
Yeah, and I was just, I, I mean, I don't remember what we were referencing exactly, but it was just, oh, we were talking about Taylor Swift, right? We were talking oh, about Taylor. Oh, Taylor, okay, she's, she's entered the podcast now. She, she Here she is. She I don't know she that I was going to bring her up, Stan. She's but made she made it everywhere. She made it to our pods. Taylor, okay? <laughs> so, speak, so, speak now. Yeah, we, Avail we, Taylor's version available everywhere. We advertise. Anyway, go, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about... Um, you know, we talked about how the person she started her, her record label off and they were kind of they took her music yeah. and wouldn't let her have control. She tried to buy it. And I just said that I thought she was better than me. I, I think that when you own something, um, you own it. And I don't like these record companies doing stuff like that. I don't like anybody who does that. That was her music and they would not give her the rights to it. And I said, they're just better than me because, I, you know, I think outside the box uh, and I I'm the type of person that I'll give you my shirt off my back. I'll help you any way I can. Uh, as long as I'm led to do that, and as long as you don't think you deserve it or you don't try to take it from me, because that's a different situation at that point. And so that, they're better than I am because I couldn't do that. If you're the producer taking the music that I sat night after night uh, or something I was making and you somehow think that you own it, um, I really don't care what any of the law or anything says. It's just to me, uh, I think outside the box and I just think that Taylor's better than me because she outthought them and uh, came up with, She's re-recording all of her records and selling more than they ever did. And these girls are and, and fans are following her everywhere. So I just said, you know, I wouldn't be the I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be that good of a person. Although I try to be great, um, there are just some things uh, that I'm working on. But <laughs> you had a line. Wanted. You had a line at the end of it, something to the effect of, "They better be prepared to take it from me." Like something to the effect yeah. of, "If they're good, they're going to have to come over to my property and good." luck was something yeah. and i like that i like that posture and that kind of because you know sometimes we got to fight for the things that we have and we love right yeah. and i just and i love that and stan basically epitomizes that he's like but you said you had a line like something the effect of hey you know i'll give you the shirt off my back but if you plan to take it you better be prepared when you get to yeah. my property because yeah, it probably won't go well for you and and I'm going to be fighting for what I got. And I love that. I think we that's uh, that it might even be a lost spirit, you know, that that kind of attitude of, you know, of of uh, caring for what's yours and your family and well, things, and for people know. and for other people that um, my friends, you know, um, um, people that I help at, at Shop Fix, people that have helped me, you, I mean, People that are loyal that are, or that are in my life, I, I uh, am a very loyal person and I believe in what's right and what's just. And I, 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 I will do anything in this world to keep that correct. I mean, even to, my, even to the detriment of sometimes I've had to get off of social media and things just because I'm a type eight and I just learned this about myself uh, in Enneagram. So that's, that's somebody who's a challenger. Uh, but my wing is a seven and this is not some kind of weird art or some kind of witchery like this is legit. If you take that Enneagram, you're going to be blown away at what it can tell you about yourself. Right. So so I'm a, I'm a challenger and I'm also a motivator uh, and I also have a big heart because I'm a Christian. So I want the best for you. I'm not just going to give up on you. But when you're that type of person, um, a lot of times you see things clearer than other people. Um And you think that they might even be stupid because you see it clearer than they do. But the truth is they just see it differently. Right. And so part of my responsibility is truth, but with grace. Right. I want to have grace when I do help people discover the truth. I don't want to be that guy that just jams the truth down somebody's throat and doesn't have grace when I do it. I think it's very important. And you said it better than I did again is what I was trying. That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. And I love your support of friends and how you are, you know, you're supportive to people. I mean, uh, I come, I'm originally from Canada and I grew up playing hockey. 
um, and pretty seriously when I was young too. And, and hockey players, you know, if you come after one of the guys in the team, you're basically dealing with one of the other guys in the team. And, and I love that about hockey because it polices itself, right? I mean, you know, I grew up loving Wayne Gretzky and you couldn't go after Gretzky. You had a guy named Dave Semenko who would have you a couple teeth shy of what you started the day with, right? So, mm-hmm. and, and, and by the way, I was not the fighter guy. Clearly, I could score some goals. Somebody came after me. You have me. great teeth. There was a- uh, yeah. teeth are fantastic. <laughs> How is that possible? Exactly. <laughs> and and because uh, I was getting protected, but, uh, yes. but the point is, is that's what Stan is like. You'd be a great hockey teammate. And by the way, I still live that way. Like I'm like, you know, somebody, I'm not, a big guy somebody's messing with a friend i'm you know i go a little quicker than i should to the situation but i'm in yeah. you know with your friend that's that really epitomizes you and i want to articulate that because that's something that again i, I don't know that we see a ton of that where people are just um you know prepared to uh, to kind of support their bodies and, and go it's easier there. when you have the truth right so i try to keep you know i'm a christian there's no surprise right i keep god first and when you that would that's kind of gives me my my compass for truth and so many people don't know where to go for the truth anymore. And it, for me, it's not that hard. I just feel like, you know, it's, it's God and things have been written and things have been accomplished in the past that we've already accepted as fact rather than everybody's opinion. So I think a lot of people um, don't have that compass. And I think it makes it very hard for them um, to know what to fight for, what not to. They just rather take, well, I'm just going to take the easy road and I don't like conflict and make them. I don't like conflict. But I, I, and this is what we were, you were getting at earlier, I think. I don't like it at all, but if you want it, I'll give it to you. Like, that, it's, it's that's, you want to poke a hornet's nest, come get it. And you don't want it, I promise, because I've been through it enough to learn that side of me. And I don't want any part of hurting anybody. But like I said, if you come looking, it's there. It's there if I need it. Um, sometimes I don't like it. Sometimes I wish it wasn't, but it is. It's part of me. And you're successful. And... I think it's important to outline this. You know, we haven't talked a lot about auto repair. We're talking about character. We're talking about personality. We're talking about about people, right? And this is, I, I believe that this is how you become successful. You know, good character, good ethics, good friends, good values. And, uh, you know, people ask, you know, they try to understand how did somebody be successful? How'd they get there? Um, this is really the core of it. And you're articulating it extremely well. Well, and it's not perfection, Ryan. That's the other thing. I am, I am my wife, Megan, will tell you. You'll, you know me. You'll tell me. People who know, who know, will tell you. It's not about being perfection. The whole or being perfect. The whole thing is, uh, try, maybe trying to achieve it one day. Just trying to be better um, at everything. If there's something that you do or, or an action that you take and you don't like it, you know, say sorry. Try to change it. You know, that, that I think that's the problem. We have people on this accountability level that nobody could ever reach out there. When they make a mistake, we forget that we did the same thing before. Like we we really have to be, when I say the truth of grace, the grace is really hugely, just as important as the truth is. It's how you how you tell the truth or how you help other people reach the truth, right? So that's that's one of the that's that's one of the most important things um, in this journey of life and, and when you're trying to be successful. So you're speaking very comfortably on this, Mike, here on the show today. Does it have anything to do with the fact that you do a radio show yourself? Maybe, uh, maybe. I think that um, the radio show is really my wheelhouse. That is, it's car repair. And um, I was asked several times by a radio station, <clears throat> excuse me, if I would do it for the area. Um, I, we had a good reputation in the community. Turned it down uh, and then eventually took it. 
um, two years ago. Uh, July this week will be two years. Um, and we do it on Saturday mornings. We only do it for an hour, but I still answer questions after uh, on Facebook as well. And people want more time. Um, I just know it's my Saturday morning. And uh, me and my wife enjoy our Saturday morning. And, and I've had to take that away for the last couple of years. So, you know, an hour is long enough, I think, to get most of it done. But the whole idea was how can we um, serve the local community and answer some of these questions? There's, you know, car repair can be a lot like, like just, I don't know, just witcher. Again, I'll put witchcraft on them. People just, you know, wives tales about all these things and how you fix your cars. And then you add to that, that you have owner's manuals that do not uh, go into real maintenance anymore. The, this is the sales team coming up with the maintenance. And in the nineties, and when, matter of fact, when I got all my certifications, it was the engineers that told you when to change your transmission fluid or your brake fluid or the differential fluid. And now it's the sales team and they will change from year to year uh, to be able to win JD Power's truck of the year. You'll see Chevy, you'll see Ford, you'll see Toyota, Dodge. They'll all do that to get the maintenance price lower um, on their vehicle to get the truck of the year. Like it's from the sales team now. So people have no idea how long they should go or, or how they should go about maintaining or how to even uh, Megan and I have come up with, or we actually took some from, you know, from other friends, but uh, some ideas and made it our own, but it's, you know, it's a priority system. So, and that really helps people understand it. So I'm there just to serve. This is, look, automotive industry, you are serving people. It's the service industry. And I believe you truly are, are called to serve these people, to get them back and forth uh, to school, pick their kids up, work, uh, the baseball games. Uh, lunch, all of that, doctor's appointments, that's a huge responsibility. Now, the radio show, you know, uh, we're a marketing company, and we know a little bit about marketing. That's also some pretty good marketing for you, right? I mean, that's a, that's a good little advertising vehicle. Is this a uh, any sort of paid program, and Ask the Experts program, or tell me how that works. Maybe there's another shop owner hearing this um, that might be interested in their market. Yeah. So, I mean, we reached out and uh, after they wanted it and basically we had a choice where I could either kind of work for them um, and they would pay for the show and then they'd own the show sort of. And I didn't want that. So we had to pay a minimum. And when we first started, I think it was two hundred dollars a week. Um, and we ended up getting somewhere in the area of uh, the first first year was about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars in new customers um, from it. Nice. Um, and I don't even know where we're at now, but it was it was well worth the money we were spending, even though, again, that wasn't my main goal. We did have we have people drive from a long way um, to just come meet me or to come sit down and talk or just get the experience, which I wasn't expecting that part of it. I wasn't expecting to walk into a Home Depot and somebody see my name Be like, oh, my gosh, you know, I hear a radio show. I'm like, what? Well, hold on. I'm just a mechanic. You know, what? Do you? that was really weird to me when people that you didn't realize were listening or I met the governor of Virginia. Um, uh, earlier last year and he listens to the show that was really weird that's you know, awesome that part of it, it, it is but it's never what i got involved with it do we like this governor is he okay yeah he's been fantastic okay so he he's really good because i know it, what, what's his name what's his name yunkin what's yunkin yunkin governor yunkin governor Glenn yunkin. Yunkin. hello governor yunkin sir right very nice you got a good <laughs> governor i like it i'm trying oh, yeah, to get he's some props in virginia here Biz, business-minded guy and uh he's really come in and uh he hasn't stirred a lot of the pot he's he's trying to get rid of some of the division and, and trying to bring people together and i think that's really important so and he stands for what he stands for i mean there's no there's no question what he stands for he knows he has a good moral compass as well so but to hear that type of thing ryan i think i was never expecting that 
my idea is we just take, you know, we do it for the listeners, not for the callers, but there's not a week that goes by that we don't have more callers than I can get to more text than I can get to. And I try to get to them after the show. Um, and we just, we cover things, you know, you, you and I have talked about electric vehicles where I stand on them. We talk about emissions, local laws that are happening in Virginia. Uh, we've made some big mistakes. Uh, in, my, in my opinion, last uh, two or three years ago with our emissions test, the things that we're doing with emissions following California, I think it's a big mistake. Uh, so there's a lot of things that we do. Um, and then I'm not afraid to talk to our representatives either. We had some catalytic converters stolen uh, at our shop a couple of years. We got our insurance canceled. It was $30,000 with the converter thefts in one weekend. Uh, I put um, cameras out there. They came back and did it again. Cameras, lights, everything. So I lobbied our local representatives, went and met them. And we got a law passed in Virginia now that has cut cut it down to se- cut up down 75%. That's so amazing. there's so much stuff you can do if you just aren't afraid to ask. It doesn't take a lot. Just you just have to know the who, not the how, right? That's you have amazing. to know who to talk to. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Are you familiar with the Automotive Service Council of California, the ASCCA? No, but I think we have something for similar in Virginia. Nice, because that's a lot of what they, you know, California is the size of a country, so there's a lot I to know. cover there. So they can there's a lot more people, a lot more options for it. But that sounds very similar to what they they handle and they get involved in. I mean, uh, if you've got something similar there, they probably need you leading it. <laughs> well, funny thing is I was, I went and met with them and I wasn't very impressed with how they were addressing things. It was almost like a country club mentality, at least for this one in Virginia. Yeah. Um, and I have some friends that I learned, uh, that are in shop fix with me now that, that actually are on that board. Um, but it was literally easier for me to not even get involved in that part of the politics and just go right to my local representative uh, and say, this is what's going on. This is what needs to happen. And we, we, we you know, we sampled laws from, um, Calif- from sorry, from uh, Florida and Texas that had worked. We made it a much stiffer penalty. We made it harder for people to buy them. And we've dropped the price of them from seven or $800 every time you cut one off a car to you. You really, if you call somebody right now, you can't even really find anybody to come get them because you have to show ID now, the VIN number of the car came off of, uh, it, it's a lot harder for them now. Now, if somebody comes out of state and decides to hit hit a shop or something, that's less likely. We haven't seen a lot of that, but Virginia is, it's down 75%. It was a, it was a, it was a pandemic literally, as far as people were getting their cars totaled. So I'm very happy to have been able to, to co-draft that, that whole entire deal, that law. Now you mentioned uh, ShopFix, right? And we yeah. hadn't really mentioned it uh, at another time in this conversation. We, of course, know each other through ShopFix, and we're both extremely familiar with ShopFix. But it just popped out in this episode, so let's talk about it from a few yeah. perspectives. So, ShopFix, obviously a coaching company, um, hundreds of repair shops now part of the group, uh, founded by Aaron Stokes, a really, really a special guy in the auto repair business. And, um, yeah, and Stan's been a member, uh, a part of the group for two, three, four years. And, um, that's how we came to know each other, but effective. And I'm elated to, this is kind of an announce. Can I, is this an announcement like yeah. today? Effect? I mean, yeah. like, dude, yeah. I'm like a media outlet here breaking this. Hold on. Wait, let, let me break this. Like, yes, uh, <clears throat> this just in ladies and gentlemen, we've got some news <laughs> for you today. Yes. Yeah, so hold on. Let me get that, uh, that story here, but Stan, is uh, effective today a coach at shop fix so way to go Stan, man and and you know what as i'm talking to you now 
It's so funny because, you know, I, I, we, I knew Aaron, right. Pretty much when he started the company, right. I mean, that's when I met him. And, and it's funny because in the early days, I think it was he, a gentleman by the name of TJ Roberts and Thomas Hayes, guys who get a lot of press on my show here. Anyway. Uh, and they, uh, there was them, they were the, and there was no other coaches at the time. And then these other guys started becoming coaches and I didn't really identify them as coaches. I'd be like, you're a coach, you're coaching. What? Huh? <laughs> it was just, it just always seemed, everything seemed weird to me. In no matter what you do, if you know Aaron, he thought at the beginning, he was throwing you in as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. The build, you were coaching. You're coaching. I love it. But he was, he, he picks the right guys, but these guys were in, but effectively I'd be like looking at it going like, that's okay. All right. And, but now I I've seen them mature as coaches. I've seen them mature and then leave and then mature and other guys come in. But, but so now I've got a better radar for it. And I will say that now knowing you now knowing this, I mean, you're a perfect fit to be a coach. Listen oh. to how Stan is talking now, the things he's saying, the inspiration. This is a family man. This is a good man, a Christian man, a hardworking man, a great shop owner. I mean, he is going to change lives as a coach now. And, and tell me about it. So you're now it's day one. I mean, are you working yet? I mean, have, you, yeah. have they thrown you some shops or they stand, help these guys talk to me? What's going on, man? So it wasn't official, you know, until basically I, I want to say yesterday or something or, or this past weekend, but, um, I went through all the training and we were just waiting for some, for some new clients. And, um, but I, to be honest with you, Ryan, you know, our success, um, happened. We met you right at the beginning of our success. We, we started off, uh, we we found shop fix from Ratchet and Wrench. Uh, just happened to sign up for it uh, at our before our shop location moved up the road. And Megan, my wife, started reading it, and she saw she saw Aaron put a post in there. And I was like, man, this is so. We we literally were. Um, she was one of the smartest people I ever met, and I could fix any car, but we couldn't make a dime. We could not keep a, keep any money. We didn't know what we didn't know. And uh, so one of the best things ever was uh, in the middle of COVID. We hadn't been on an airplane in 10 years or so. And um, we decided we were going to this conference uh, one way or the other, or if it didn't work, we were out. We were literally going to get out of the business. Um, wow. And we, it was very close to our last bit of money uh, when we went. And uh, that month, I think we had a $50,000 month for the month. Um, we got back from Shop Hackers. Uh, with all the, we, you know, COVID was still fresh. We didn't know if we were going to plane, if we were going to die. Like we just really didn't know what was happening. We had to wear masks. You know, this is a conference and, and, you know, Aaron, Aaron Stokes and they're telling everybody, Hey, you know, please wear a mask. Like this is the first conference the country's allowed to happen. And you're, you're a bunch of like technicians. We all are like, and so people like masks are half on in the health department. And we're just, we're thinking there's no way it's even going to get pulled off. Like they're going to shut it down in the middle, but it didn't. It was a huge success. Um, we met, I'll uh, get to meet you there. Uh, we signed on with you at that um, at that conference and uh, or right after. And, um, you know, next thing I know, Megan and I just dug in, uh, started putting the right systems in place. Uh, and I would say by March, March of that year was our first hundred thousand dollar or of the following year. Uh, we started in August of 2020 and March was our first hundred thousand dollar month. Um, our best week. Uh, I want to say last year was $70,000. So we are now, we have the capability of doing uh, in a week what we were doing um, in a month when we first started Chop Fix. Uh, so we finished that year in 2020 at 550000 2021 was 1. Uh, 1. 1.1 million. Uh, last year was 2.3 million. Uh, and this year we're tracking about 3 million. 
uh, with currently four technicians. Um, so uh, that's been a little bit of our success, um, putting systems in place, learning, growing. You know, ShopFix isn't just about, I'm going to give props to them because it's not just about the systems. You literally meet people. And this was the first time in my life as a technician that I met technicians that were happy. I'll never forget getting off the elevator with my wife and going down and, and people were just eating breakfast and they were happy and they had nice clothes on. Most of them you could tell were technicians. They had, to, you know, hands all like dried and cracked, and but they were happy. And I like had tears and Megan was like, what's the matter? It's the first time in my life. Like I've seen six like happy people, happy technicians, just happy. So there's been a lot of friendships. And when you sit down with other technicians and shop owners that are struggling, they know you in a lot of cases better than your best friends do better than your family does because you can look at them in 20 minutes and you can find so many things in common. And not only can you understand what they're going through, you're going through the same thing in a lot of cases or you've been through. Um, so it's this family thing that is just really uh, unbelievable uh, in the growth, uh, the lack of limitations uh, you learn to not put on yourself, I guess. Like you just, I never in my life thought I would be in a position where I would ever be able to coach the best coaching company for automotive repair in the world. And I, I'm not, I'm not just cause I'm a coach. I'm still not employed by them. Just so you know, they're not paying me to tell you anything. I just know that it's the best in this country by far. Um, and that means in my eyes, it's gotta be the best in the world. And it's not an ignorance. It's just, that's this country is known for business. And so we learned so much Ryan and I just had to give back right from the beginning with every breakthrough we had, I was coaching people before I went through the training. I just wanted it because they'd come in broken like we were. Every Megan and I haven't missed one conference since. We've perfect attendance, never missed one conference since then. Uh, and and when they came in, they were broken. And I remember that feeling. And I just remember being down. And I just wanted so bad for them to see what they can become. That's where the coaching thing came in. I can't help but say, don't give up. You're this close. Don't give up. You have no idea what's going to happen in your life your kids, your kids, kids, the generational changes you can extend. And it's not just the money, it's the thought process, the proper way of doing systems in life and at, and in a business. So um, it's meant the world to me and it's the best, the biggest honor of my life uh, in recent memory is to be able to be a coach for ShopFix. You know, you made a comment about nobody paying you to say this. I, I Knowing Stan, I don't think anybody would uh, believe you'd say anything else other than exactly what you feel and believe. So nobody, nobody, anybody that knows you would not be like, oh, maybe somebody uh, paid Stan. No, you, and if you paid him, he'd be like, look, somebody just gave me 50 bucks to say this. I'm going to, or the, and I'm not going to, I'm tearing, no, and I'm giving the money back. I'm not, can't be bought. That's awesome, sure. man. And you're going to do great. Like the point I was making too, is I've seen a lot of people um, not to say that I've questioned many of the potential coaches. I think they've all done pretty well. <laughs> not to say that I've gone, oh, how did that guy get that? No, everybody's doing well. But if there's ever a no-brainer, it's you. You're going to kill it. You're already killing it, and it's already preordained. And uh, But you know what? Interesting, talking to you today, you know, you're an emotional guy. You're, And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean you're, you're very passionate. You know, it's all there. And I didn't know this so much in all of our conversations before, but your history. You know, I mean, you came from... A, a difficult upbringing, you know, I don't call it a broken home. I don't want to say all these cliche things right now, but a difficult upbringing. You had all these experiences. You've had to fight for every inch, you know, a field. You've had to fight all the way down that field to score those touchdowns. Nothing came, came easy. And, um, 
you know, and, and now it's very good as a result. I think the sky is the freaking limit for a guy like you because you've, uh, you've had all that. It's, I, I look at, I look at life, by the way, this is a Ryan analogy, by the way, Tommy, if you like this, you can take it. Just <laughs> you need a little me. jingle for that. You need a little jingle for the Ryan analogy. Yeah. I need like, I need like a team here to, I can at least find it on my board. If there's a little sound we can make that's hilarious. But I, I, I look at life like a slingshot, right? I, I believe that it's it's pulling you back, it's hurting you, it's pulling you back. And there's all this adversity going backwards, but the farthest you can get it back before breaking it is the farthest it's going it's to go forward when you let go of it, right? So it's like the harder it is, the harder, as long as it doesn't break, as long as you don't break me, as long as you don't break Stan, the farther the, you let go of that thing, it's a rocket ship, right? So I look at it like that. So when I think that you've faced a lot of things that have, have, have put you in this spot. So but without lingering there too long, you're awesome. We know that we're seeing it. Everybody's feeling it now oh. is feeling the love. And by the way, if you know me and I hope you know me, Stan is a client of leads near me, but you know, I don't kiss ass, right? You know, I'm not doing this cause you're a client. You know me, if you get in a call with me and I don't agree with something, you're going to hear that from me too. Right. It's and the best I think thing you, you've right? done that. You've literally stopped me in the middle of being like, this is, you know, this isn't working or that isn't working or this is, this was great. And you're like, well, no, that's not the reason. Like you've literally gone in there. You're not afraid to be, you're not, there's nobody that you're afraid to tell because the truth is going to set you free. And that's what we love that about you. Uh, every time I think I might've figured out, uh, you know, how to do things better. Uh, you, you just have the experience and the knowledge and, 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 you know, leads to me, it goes without saying you guys are, uh, probably the, uh, hands down, I don't want to say dollar for that, but you, there's nothing we do in advertising or nothing we do to be able to get customers in that's more effective than y'all. Nothing. And we do it all. Thanks, Dan. I wasn't searching for a endorsement there, my friend. That's kind of you. Thank you. And it's our team too. We've got, you know, 24 yep. people on staff now, amazing people here at Leeds Near Me. And I'll make sure that they hear this from you and, and they appreciate you and and they know you. I mean, everybody here knows who you are and knows knows our clients. It's a big part of what we do. Uh, yep. Let's talk about Megan for a second because she's not on this screen right now, but every time I see you, you might as well be one because you're together. Oh, she, is she yep. over there? Is she there? Yeah, is she right? Wait, wait, is she there? Anyway, yeah, she's over there. All right, hi Megan. Hey, what's up? So we got Megan. Big part of the success. Big part of the business. Uh, my wife Kathy. Big part of what I do. Uh, talk to me about Megan. Talk to me about uh, her involvement and uh, you know what she's brought to the growth of the business. Yeah, uh, you know, besides the obvious that uh, there's no way on God's green earth that I would ever be who I was today without her. Uh, you know, I give God, God, uh, the number one and I give my wife the number two. Um, you know, there's something to be said about growing and learning together. Uh, there's something to be said about a woman that will stand beside you, uh, through everything and, 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 and not, you know, she, she expects you to do better, but not beat you up when you, when you're not, you know, just, just one of the nicest uh, smartest, which, which I, every time I say this, I wonder what the heck she's doing with me still, but yeah, one of the, the nicest <laughs> and smartest, uh, people I've ever met in my life, a just sincere, um, sincere woman. And, uh, and, and I couldn't do it without her. One of the best days of my life was when she literally came in, uh, to the shop and said, just started learning about it and started, um, getting involved. Like I said, I mean, one for her, I don't know if we'd ever even would have found shop fix. And here's the thing most of us become technicians become owners and we have no idea what the heck we're doing we know how to fix cars that doesn't mean you're gonna be able to run a business even if you think you know how to do it better so with her coming in um you know there's two very smart people um 
that are running this business now. And it has absolutely changed my life. It's changed our relationship for the better. Um, we just understand each other's strengths now more so than ever in the business and in life. Um, and we are, we are very in tuned on how to go off of that. You know, um, I talked about my order uh, a little bit in this call. And it's one thing that, that being a Christian, the Bible taught me and it's God first, your spouse second, kids third, and then your job, right? You'll always struggle to keep God first. And a lot of times I didn't used to understand one of the biggest, biggest deals that I've learned after 21 years is that keeping your spouse second doesn't mean putting them on an expectation uh, of second, like they should do this or this. It's they should be your number two period. Meaning you have to really strive to make sure that you're keeping that person um, second to only God. And that you are giving them the attention they need, that you are giving them, you're listening when they need. So for me, this has been, it's a God thing. There's no way in the world that uh, our shop could grow, that we could find people like you, people like Aaron Stokes, people like all the shop fix families and coaches and that have helped along the way. This at 47 years old over the last few years, uh, her and I have if I was a, a one through 30, if I was a 40, we'll say just a one through 50. If I was a 47, then I've leveled up a hundred times and seen more miracles in the last three years than I've ever seen in my life. Um, and her coming along with it is the the best gift, the best gift I could ever ask for. And that's exactly, it's a gift and it's a blessing. And uh, we are very special together. It's a special thing. And, and, to anyone listening that's not married, I mean, you know, but marriage, let's talk about marriage for a second. And and that was the question that whatever your thoughts are on it. It's such an amazing thing because, you know, it's not perfect. And uh, it's, you know, the, for guys, you know, for you and me with our wives, like the one thing that, and I'm, I'm yeah, I'm talking about marriages right now, people. Okay. So whatever, turn it off if you don't, whatever, <laughs> screw you. I don't care. But here's the thing. So, I look at it and I go, you know, like it, it, I'm constantly having to become a better communicator. Like I like, and, and it's like, it's hard. Like, I, I mean, just the other day I was identifying something and I came home and I'm like, here's why that happened. And here's what I'm like. And will you help me with this? Can we, and I just continuously learn more about myself because obviously I respect the, the Institute of Marriage. I respect what we have. I've made that commitment and, and I'm in, right? And we've got a family. And, and so I'm constantly trying to improve and screwing up and all those things. But it's like the greatest journey because you're constantly improving and pushing harder. And to the same point as you, leads near me, everything I have would not be here without Kathy. And um, so it's, it's very interesting, that process, you know, that, that development and growth and, uh, you know, for a guy like you that had a more challenging upbringing and, and, and past, um, you know, it's, it's hard to communicate and probably for you, it was very hard for a long time. And Megan being an amazing woman brought that out of you and brought you to where you are today. And look where you are now. Look at today yeah. and imagine 10 years from now, five years from now, heck freaking two weeks from now, you watch where Stan's going to be. So I it's can't. pretty awesome. Yeah, I can't imagine it. Well, I, I, just... I can. Oh, wait a minute. I'm, hold on. This is in the future. I'm there and I'm sensing. <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome for you guys. And, and you're awesome people. And and uh, I love that you're opinionated, opinionated and you got your thoughts. And, uh, you know, I think more people need to be like that. They can have different thoughts, right? People can sure. have their own opinions, everything. But I think And that's need, okay. That's okay. That's okay, we too. You have them. I don't hate you because you have a different opinion. No. I bet you we, I bet you we both like pizza. I mean, like it's. 
<laughs> Who doesn't like pizza? Is there somebody yeah. that doesn't like pizza? Good grief. Nobody I know. Okay, well, now we're going to find the non-pizza lovers. <laughs> we're going to get some messages from the anti-pizza group of America. We'll have to. Anyway, uh, two yes. more topics I want to hit on. Stan, yeah. before we break away here, really quickly, and the last one is very important, but um, so very quickly, electric vehicles. Are you, um, are you, are you fixing them? What are we seeing in the shop uh, now yeah. uh, as it comes to electric vehicles? So we're seeing some, uh, there's the, the uh, trying to get the information, uh, you know, all the other OBD2 connections and everything, OBD1, they were all for emissions. And so you had the right to repair, you had to have that. Well, the electric cars don't aren't really required yet to have anything like that. Um, that's just one of the problems. I, I don't. I'm one of those guys that I love the technology behind it. It's no different though uh, than they could do everything they're doing to electric cars. They could do to your truck. I mean, or do to another car. My biggest. Uh, we're still not seeing a lot, Ryan, because we're still not even past two percent of the of the entire uh, road force is not is not electric yet. They look like they're building them left and right. They're still not past two percent. Um, which is one of the reasons why some of these mandates and the pushes uh, are going to come back to bite us. Um, there's going to be a lot of problems with trying to get these out because they can't replace something that's way better. And the other thing about petroleum is petroleum is also not just for cars. It's petroleum is across the entire spectrum of the world. Uh, everything. It's the number two used product in the world is petroleum. I think concrete's number one. I mean, so, but I'm all about people having the choice. What I'm not about is it getting forced. And we talked about some of the regulations Virginia has in California, but you know, all cars have to be 20 by 2035 electric. It's an impossible number. It's going to be impossible to do that. It's simply not, but not because Stan says so, because we don't have the resources on the planet to get, to get it. Uh, it would be smarter to go with hybrids because, you know, since 97 cars have been about 0% emission emissions, uh, you know, since 97. So, we're not doing anything by getting petroleum cars off of the road right now. And I'm not saying this because it's not going to hurt our business. Look, Tesla has like a four month backup in our area for working on cars. You currently can't be Tesla certified to work on cars on any of them. There's no certifications for them unless you're a body shop. So you can be qualified and all that takes is looking at basic information and making sure that your technicians don't get shocked and nobody gets hurt. Uh, it's sad that there's so little out there. Um, but we're not seeing a whole influx but when they do break they'll break still i mean we do we do have other shops in our network we're seeing work on a lot of them and ride sensors and electronics and transfer cases that are electric um you know there's still stuff still breaking a lot on them so i'm not my my uh what i've noticed about electric cars and my opinions on them don't come from the fact that i'm worried about them changing the business or shutting down repair they're not going to um, they're, they're not going to because they won't be half as big as everybody thinks they're going to be because they can't be. And they're not going to because they'll still break. Uh, so, But the big thing for me is I want people to have choice. If I want to drive a 2028 Denali, there should still be one available. Uh, and, and it'll probably get better gas mileage than it ever did before. I just think that the market needs to be the one to dictate it, not the government. And that's my biggest problem with electric vehicles. I talk about it on my show. And then the other thing is the EPA straight out lies about the carbon footprint. Um, the EPA are 100% should be ashamed of themselves. I don't call out regu regulatory places or things that often, but I will call them out. Um, I don't know. It's sad. You know, our reputation in our shop uh, and what we have to do to have good customer service is beyond what I see in most restaurants and everywhere I go. And that's one of those things that kind of gets me a little heated up. I can't pay attention to bad customer service because we try so hard to have it. But when you have the EPA line, you have 
these these organizations we grew up believing and trusting the fda the cdc fbi look what's happened the last few years without getting too political it's very hard to get behind those organizations because they're straight out lying and so when epa comes out and lies about the carbon footprint uh it's no less than a toyota camry uh and it's in most cases the time you look at the disposal of the battery what it takes to mine those batteries where those resources are and who owns them which is 95 percent china owns them uh you're looking at a very very dangerous situation for our country um and a very dangerous situation for people who might you know the middle and low class the lower class poor people and middle class you can't afford these cars and what it's going to do is it's going to if you have less you know petroleum vehicles you're going to drive the price of the petroleum vehicle that's why used cars right now are so high because they can't they're starting to try to change into electric vehicles they're not making any more petroleum uh as many as they were and so now you have these used cars that used to be fifteen hundred dollars for a two thousand camry that you could still get four hundred thousand miles out of now you can't even get those cars for under five or six thousand so it really hurts the middle class more than helping uh, and i just wish they wouldn't do it not a big fan of them uh, i love them when i drive in them I just love going more than three hours with the AC on or an hour and a half. I think that's completely ridiculous. That battery technology can only get so much better and it's not going to get even close to petroleum for the next hundred years. They don't have the ability. It's sad, but it's true. So we will part on this one uh, topic and I want to hear all about it and how people can help and how they can get involved. I don't know a ton about it. I know I contributed when I saw the link pop up on the good old social medias. Uh, the Fatherhood Foundation. Tell me a little bit about oh. this. And I guess all tied in to Stan's brand, his identity, everything that is Stan that we're hearing about today. Yeah, you're a, you're a brand, man. If anybody was a brand, it's a Stan. I mean, holy smokes. You are you are definitely, uh, uh, you know, you, man. And it's awesome. But, uh, Megan says I'm special. Megan says I'm special. That's what I am. Yeah, you're special. Yeah, no, <laughs> Megan's right. And Megan is absolutely right. You are special. Uh, but the Fatherhood Foundation plays into a lot of the topic we're talking about today. And tell me about it, because I don't even want to introduce it. I don't know, don't know enough about it. But yeah. just hearing it, it sounds like an amazing organization. Talk to me about it. Well, first off, thank you so much for being willing to, to give to it without really knowing a heck of a lot about it. You kind of took my it word. It was so you. Gonna, you said to me, help. And I was like, okay, here's some money. I don't know what it is. Stan wants money. There you go. Done. The well, the best thing about that is the fact that you would you would i hope that you would feel just as comfortable asking me there, there's this relationship out here with people where i don't feel bad asking ryan because he's completely open to anything where he can help and and i don't ask for money much first fundraiser I've ever done in my life life as far as in my current position where i have influence uh of some kind uh in the community but yeah fatherhood foundation of virginia is a virginia right now they're hoping to go national one day but uh the truth is we also have quite a few organizations for single mothers out there. There's more, there, there's more organizations for that. If you type up Google in your local community, there's just pages and pages. And I'm not saying we need to stop any of that. I am saying, however, uh, that there's very little for fathers. When you type up help for fathers, you find lawyers, divorce lawyers, custody lawyers, uh, child support lawyers. And in Virginia, the only other thing I could find was Fatherhood Foundation of Virginia. And so I was asked to actually be a, a funding father, which is somebody who raises money for that this year. And that's what you did. Thank you. You contributed as well as many others. Um, but what they do is, and, and let me just press it. Let me just talk about one, one more thing before we get into what they do. The other thing that people don't know is when you look at a crime that has happened, a violent crime in this country, it's 95% of the time it's a male. It is a male. It is a guy or a young man or a young boy that commits that crime. And 98% of the time, they never had a father in their life 
or a coach or another man ever tell them they love them or show them how to be a father. And fatherhood goes way back. I taught a class way back when about it all started with the Industrial Revolution. It really messed dads up because they weren't with their sons the best part of the day. They'd go into town, they'd work, they'd come back, and the son would always see the worst. That was the beginning of, uh, across the world, really, of people not knowing how to be fathers anymore. I mean, we learned, we had generations before all that happened of good dads, and you, your son learned how to work an honest day. So that goes a little deeper. But what we want to do is people say, well, how can I help then? Well, if you hear all this crime just surging across the country and around the world, and you know that the number one reason that's happening is you don't have active fathers in these young men's lives. Uh, it's very easy to put two and two together and say, well, how can we help fathers be better? How can we help men learn how to be fathers even before their fathers and, and what it's like to be a man and your responsibility? Uh, because, you know, men have been beaten up over the last 15 or 20 years. We're the bad, we're the reason for everything. And part of that's true. Another part of it is they've also taken away a lot of, a lot of men's uh, manhood. They've taken away our manhood. They've taken away what we do good. They try to equalize us and uh, same, make us the same. Um, so there's a lot goes on there. But what they do now, uh, they're part of a group that will go to the local prisons. They'll talk to fathers that are in jail. Uh, they'll talk to, to kids that might, uh, or to, to young men who might have kids out there that they're not active in their lives. And they'll start asking them the hard questions and, and showing them the responsibility and, and what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, they do local hospitals where they used to get paid for this and no longer do, but they offer free classes on uh, what you need to do and how you need to prepare to be a father for the first time if you have a baby coming. Um, they go and they ask for nominations from the community, from different churches, uh, for dads that might be that single dad or might be a father who's fighting for custody and needs advice or needs help. You know, how can we help this 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 man? And so certified heard heard about it. Certified Auto Repair, my wife, Megan, and I, we heard about it last year around Thanksgiving. And this is crazy, but this is a true story that happened here. I just want to tell you what they do is every year they do a uh, they try to give a father who uh, is single and having some rough times nominated. They try to give him like a $500 gift card. Uh, they did a lot of these. I don't know the exact number last year. And, they, and then they also try to bring the kids gifts for Christmas. Uh, one of these dads last year had been let off of his job right after Thanksgiving. Uh, he got a $500 gift card and um, and also his kids got he's got three boys at home and they got gifts on Christmas Eve. But what everybody didn't know uh, was their father had the, the electricity was cut off. He lost his job and he had applied to everywhere. Uh, and that evening, uh, Christmas Eve, about an hour uh, after they came, he was contemplating he was going to commit suicide at nine o'clock that night. He had the gun. He had everything planned out. Uh, he was going to go out in his car and go down the road and do it. Um, this is from him. And they showed up and they gave him the $500 gift card, which he promptly went right on. It was a Visa card and paid his electric bill, had the lights on. Uh, and then they brought gifts for, for his kids. And here's here's the point that really wasn't even the fact, yes, the suicide would have been tragic. But here's the crazy thing. Two days later, he got a job offer before New Year's Eve for the job that he'd been dying for. Two days later, he would have never seen it. He had given up on himself. And just reaching out just to come and it's not just the money the money helped absolutely it was a road but it was a road of somebody coming in and caring for him and he broke down and cried and, I, and I, the uh chris beach was the he's right now the current uh the person who's running it all might even be the founder i'm not sure to be honest i'm ashamed to say that but he was over there and this guy started crying that night and he didn't understand the depth of it then until the the, the this gentleman called him a couple weeks later and now he's given back to them he's given back tremendously uh, because the job has been so good to him and he sees the uh, 
you know, he sees that the community cares for him now and he wants it for other people. Just like you talk about coaching for me, I want it for other people now because you can't always see the light when you're down. It's when you start to come up and he got a heck of a gift. So that's the kind of organization it is. Um, and that's what, that's why I'm all up in it. I'm trying, I'm trying my best to raise every single dollar I can. Uh, we've given, we've had other people give, and we're going to continue to give uh, and just try to make a difference. People ask me all the time, how can I make a difference? I feel so, you know, feel like I can't get anything done. Like all this is happening. What do we do? Well, this is one place where you can make a difference. Uh, and every father that gets helped, uh, you can literally change the world very quickly by getting dads uh, and young men on board. It's amazing, man. Powerful stuff. And um, yeah, I've, I'm, I'm trying to think of what to say here. That's just so impactful. I would say that um, we should all aspire to have that kind of passion and drive towards uh, helping others because it's those little moments. I mean, you know, that one little moment stopped that, you know, that person from doing something irreversible. And, uh, and we should all, you know, we should all aspire to these things. And I think you embody all those things. And I mean, everything you just said here embodies all of that. So I think there's one takeaway we should all aspire to be a little bit more like Stan in these areas. And I know that you live this and you embody it, you do it. So, so good on you, my friend, good for you. So, well, I try, but like I said, there's plenty of mistakes along the way. You know, there are plenty of things that I struggle with, uh, that I want to be better at. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I've lost my temper with people in the past. There's things that I work at every day. Like I said, you know, I don't want anybody looking and thinking, um, I have it all together. I don't, but you don't have to, to do this. And that's a big part of the, the biggest part is knowing that nobody's perfect and nothing's perfect. Mm -hmm. And once you accept that, then actually, isn't that kind of perfection and imperfection, uh, acknowledging imperfection is maybe the perfection, knowing that there's no such thing as perfect. And when you accept it certainly is freeing, it certainly is a a feeling of freedom, but, uh, lots of great things going on. I, I love this fatherhood foundation and. You know, uh, can we just go to fatherhoodfoundation.org? Can we go to, um, and I think I've got the one of Virginia up here up on, uh, is mm-hmm. this a national organization? Um, or no, it's, it just- it's, right now it's only Virginia. They don't have a national, they want to go national. They they have not been in it long enough to be able to do that. And there's a lot more requirements. And so they are not national. It's Virginia right now. Uh, I don't know of any other states that do it. There may be, but that's not for somebody else if you're listening. Um, I'm sure they'd be willing if you're in a different state, if this is on your heart, um, to start up one another state, um, you know, and just help out fathers. If we can literally start helping dads, start educating them, reaching them in places we wouldn't normally be able to reach them, prisons, things like that, then I think uh, we could, you literally could start, you could change the world. It's been missing for a long time, most of our lives, uh, and then our, probably our grandparents' lives. They did, this dads just did not do a very good job. They didn't know how. This could be a several-part episode of Near Me Radio for sure with Stan. Um, so much to contribute, so much to deliver, and I want to. Will you come back again another time in the future? Absolutely. Because yeah. Yeah. I want to hear the progress of the coaching. I think, well, number one, you're a force of nature, and I think that you're going to provide that. Uh, and I don't say that that often. My 11-year-old daughter, Sienna, is a force of nature, by the way, yes. and uh, watch what she's going to accomplish. And I know that already. I only get so much time with her now she only avails herself so much to dad better get an autograph right now i need an autograph but uh but anyway all that said um and i'm really excited to see where this all goes i think it's going to great places um and and that's all because of you and obviously the support of your amazing wife but you're going to accomplish it you're going to do great things stan thank you so much 
for being on Near Me Radio. Thank you for contributing so much. I think when people listen to this, I think anybody that's you know made it this far with us here today, I think this has been impactful. I think uh, they're going to take away that you know they can have the courage and confidence to be themselves and overcome adversity. And I think that's a big message. And by the way, I love that that's the message of of some of these shows because um, I think you know. If you've decided you're an auto repair tech, if you decided you're a marketing person, because I bet my competition listened to all these shows, right? They're like, how do we beat this guy? What do we do? Anyway, I'll edit that part out. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, no, but anyway, but they're listening to it. But the point is, is once you've decided mastery in a craft, whether it's marketing or auto repair, it the rest of it's all about the character, right? The person, you know, what you, you're, how much you care, how much you, you know, you're prepared to do. Uh, for your customers and your people. And I think that's that, that's baked into this whole thing you just talked about and explained. Everything you talked about, the character and personality. You know, if somebody's looking for an auto repair shop, I mean, you fix cars, right? They come in, you fix the car, you keep them going. But the character of the person there, Stan, I bet, would do anything for anybody that walked in any day of the week that he could to help them with their car. And I think that speaks more to you and many shop owners. And that's the message we want to give to people right out there that, you know, that this is what a, a, you know, the great shop owners look like. So anyway, I don't know if that made any sense. I talk, I mean, I hear myself afterwards and I go, Ryan, stop talking. Stop talking now. You're talking too much, Ryan. Yep, yep, you shot. Anyway, but uh, let's leave it there. Stan, I appreciate you being on the show today. Again, we're going to have you back again because this was awesome stuff and uh, good luck with all and we will connect